0: Hello, everybody, and welcome back to another edition of the Debbie Talk podcast, episode number three. I'm your host, Andrew Woodruff, joined by my fellow scout, Chance Hopkins, as we jump back into the world of Debbie football. Today on the Debbie Talk with Chance and I, on the Debbie side of our Fantasy Scouts page, uh, we're going to be talking about some of the current college news we got going on, Uh, just any of the latest Senior Bowl news we've seen. We're going to continue those discussions from last time about our tier rankings and where we're at with different players and different positions. And of course, last but not least, it's startup season. We're jumping into a Debbie mock between the two of us, going to break down some guys for as much time as we can. So guys, if you're interested in listening to all this, just continuing hearing this great knowledge, we got we got a lot going on. Right now we've got Sam releasing our running back full film evaluations. I know my Sean Tucker article just got released and Matt's, nine is over there working on a revised receiver model which is showing really encouraging results as of today and of course you can always check out our counterpart fantasy scouts podcast and much much more if you want to get all the latest info i suggest you check out patreon.com backslash fantasy scouts we also got a rebranded website ffballallday.com and a lot more out there Hi, Chance, man. Welcome back. It's good to finally get back to talking. Uh, dude, how you been?
1: Uh, I'm good, man. I'm good. It's Life's crazy. You know, I shaved and now I look like a baby. Uh, <laughs> so
0: never again is that going to happen, but life is good. What about yourself? I uh, can't complain. I'm learning what it's like to be a head archery coach while also, you know, just enjoying all this great article, great content we got coming out all the time between now, not just NFL stuff with fantasy playoffs and now the real playoffs. Now all this good college news that we seem to have going everywhere. So it's been good, been busy. That's
1: what you like to see, staying busy. That's always good. Done it myself.
0: Oh, Oh, yeah, of course. All right, well, of course, let's get our patrons back into this and all our great listeners out there. So current college news, of course, I feel like we need to start off with maybe the most interesting one when it comes to super flex leagues out there. Of course, we are talking about Caleb Williams. The rumor about Wisconsin. Where are we at with this? What are your thoughts?
1: I like it. Um, I don't sound too convincing when I say I like it.
0: Uh, but <laughs> You might you know, be one he, of the few. <laughs> he, uh,
1: I, I like it. Well, I like it just because of my Braylon Allen love. Yeah, I, I love Braylon Allen. So having Caleb Williams back there as an actual quarterback for him is only going to open up the box and help him in the running game. And then hopefully it even helps him out in the passing game, helping up his draft stock when it comes to the actual NFL draft come 2024. Uh, so, yeah, I, I don't, I'm not too thrilled about it for Caleb Williams. That's uh, not my ideal landing spot for him really. Just about any of the other big name schools would have been a better landing spot, but when it comes to Braylon Allen and my love for him, love it for him.
0: And that's fair. Yeah. I am to say, I think he's got a great defense if he ends up going there. Of course, Allen in the backfield is going to take a ton of pressure off of him. But I mean, it just, it sounds like a situation to where he's literally going to prove, are you a superstar caliber quarterback? Because his weapons, I mean, the best one I could think of off the top of my head was Jake Ferguson. And then I thought for two seconds and I realized, oh, he's going to the NFL draft. So like, his best returning player maybe might've caught 400 yards last year. And of course we had Graham Hertz there last year. So, I mean, some of that could be him. Some of that just could be the guys around him. So I don't know. I'm a little, little worried if that's where he ends up, but there's some good components to it.
1: Yeah. hundred percent. I, uh, I have a bad taste in my mouth from Graham. Uh, I trusted him too much, kept buying back in from all the hype and just kept getting let down. So it, If I'm going to hype up about a Wisconsin quarterback and Caleb Williams does end up going to Wisconsin, then I will happily buy into that hype. But Graham Hurts will – nope, Hurts will never, nope. Mm -hmm.
0: Yeah, that guys, that's a warning about small sample sizes. They are often misleading. All right, but one that doesn't seem misleading, um, getting back over to, of course, SEC football, Jermaine Burton swapping over from Georgia, the, the title winner we just saw. Now swapping back over to the team he just defeated over at Alabama.
1: Roll is he coming
0: in? Of course. Is he coming in over there as receiver one? You think, or is Chikori Brooks or somebody else going to challenge him?
1: You know, Alabama, much like Georgia and Ohio State and LSU, produce a lot of talent in the wide receiver position. Uh, Burton was, you know, going to be aside from uh, Pickens was going to be that dude in Georgia. Didn't really pan, didn't pan out that way. Not even just really, it just didn't. Plain and simple. Um, honestly, I can see him pulling, you know, a Jamison Williams and coming in and being the wide receiver one. I, I can I can see that absolutely.
0: Well, so that's kind of where I'm at. I know I just adjusted my rankings last night when I was thinking about it. Uh, Burton, I think, is the true number one. We've seen multiple years of him producing, and he did it in not great situations when it came to quarterback play over at Georgia. I mean, I know everybody likes Bennett because of the story, but, I mean, he is what it is. He's a college starter, but I don't know if we're going to see much more next level. Now he's going with the Heisman winner, Bryce Young, and, I mean, the sky sky is open as as high as he can fly right now. So I think Jermaine Burton easily comes in as number one, and then you're going to let those other guys develop to fight it out for receiver two, receiver three, and so forth.
1: That was probably his thought process, too, was he saw what Jamison Williams did when he transferred to Alabama, how he was elevated by Bryce Young and how he helped elevate Bryce Young. So his Mm -hmm. thought process was, you know, and I I could be wrong, but his thought process was, you know, if it could happen for Jamo, why can't it happen for me? Why can't it happen for another big-name wide receiver who just hasn't fully lived up to the hype that they once had? So if if that's the case, then I absolutely believe he's going to come out and he's going to play with that sort of, tempo and that grit that jmo played with last
0: year yeah and i mean like you said betting on the talent you have got your championship you got a chance to go repeat for your championship uh, championship now and improve your draft stock i mean i don't blame the kid anybody that wants to joke around and mess about it with them i'm on burton's side honestly six foot 200 pounds like this dude has a chance to literally raise himself to maybe fighting for that number three spot in this draft class next year I know we've already talked about one and two. So moving on, uh, another one, real interesting, sticking around with the SEC, but I'm going to swap over to a different school. We saw Jackson Dart and Michael Trigg officially commit to Ole Miss. I know that's kind of one that we threw around a couple podcasts back. Where are you at now that's official?
1: I think I'm in the same place. Um, you know, I, I like it. I'm not too it's, – it's not something that I'm like – super thrilled with but it's, it's something that I you know I, I would prefer Jackson Dart would have stayed at USC but of course with the you know looming well I guess actually since Caleb Williams is being rumored to <laughs> Wisconsin now it's kind of like backfired. yeah I'm like oh wow that actually kind of backfired for Jackson Dart but you know at the same time it, it's whatever he, he got trig, um but yeah I mean god I'm trying to think I'm drawing up a blank right now on who his weapons are, not
0: out of the backfield. Zach Evans. He just exactly. transferred in. We know it's Zach Evans. We got Michael Trigg and uh, maybe Hudson Wolf at tight end, going to fight it out some. Um, hearing rumors, I know this has been a while back, Deion Smith was an LSU rookie, uh, freshman last year, not rookie. He did a little bit, looked encouraging. He has good athletic profile, and he's from Mississippi. Uh, his name's been thrown around since he joined the transfer portal of going to Ole Miss to, of course – uh, join a guy who I was kind of hoping would have a good season last year, but he got hurt coming back. Jonathan Mingo over there at receiver. Mingo, it's a nice setup. Oh yeah. It's a nice setup. I'm cu- curious, to see what he can do with it. I mean, we saw it's a good system with a good caliber quarterback last year, Matt Corral. Uh, I think Dart possibly could have a little bit more tools, if not the same amount. So this would be a fun one to watch for sure. Push them up there with Texas A&M to compete in the West. Anyway. Behind Bama, of course, we know, next level. So, another one. I don't know if you're paying attention to this one a lot last year. Georgia got this guy last year to c- come over. He was formerly a running back, but swapped him over to defensive back. Uh, Love C. Carroll is now transferred out to and committed to South Carolina. Uh, I know I broke it down a little last time about Marshawn Lloyd. how I was real hopeful this dude was going to come back from an ACL injury. Carroll's a heck of an athlete himself, so he did officially put, even on his Twitter page, that he is a running back for South Carolina. So that backfield competition uh, looks like it's going to grow a little bit. So Floyd can't secure against Carroll. Uh, if you're concerned about that and you don't believe in the talent, it's time to go ahead and sell those picks if you got him. If you do trust the situation and you don't have him on a couple of debut teams, this might be the situation where you buy him up. I'm kind of in. In between right now, I think I'm just going to hold Lloyd's shares I got and then make a move after week one, week two, after I see a couple games that plays out myself.
1: Yeah, I, I think that's really the plan of action that you need to take in this situation. Uh, you, you don't want to overreact because, like you said, you know, Love Steve came into Georgia. They swapped him over to defensive back. So obviously, probably wasn't very happy with that decision, and so that's why he's transferring to be a running back again. Uh, But a whole year off of actually running the ball shouldn't threaten anybody. But then you do have Lloyd coming off of the uh, injury. But, yeah, I I think you nailed it right on the head. You know, it's just something that you want to hold, see how it plays out. Um, Quite honestly, though, I mean, if you hold and it ends up being worst possible scenario where Lloyd is just no longer a a factor in that backfield, then you're going to be selling short. You're going to be selling low. Uh, People are going to be buying or wanting to buy low. So that's the one downside, but then you could also now would be a good opportunity to go out and buy Marshawn Lloyd because people are worried about, you know, the after injury, they're worried about more competition. How is he going to perform with more competition coming off that ACL? So now is a perfect buy low opportunity. Worst case scenario, you buy low. Lloyd becomes a non-factor. If you bought low, you know, did you really lose out on a whole lot?
0: I mean, especially when we're talking about Debbie Leagues guys, like, once you get into the fourth round and later, I mean, your chances are pretty low of consistently hitting. So if you miss one here and there, you got to just weigh the upside. The upside is like Lloyd has a lot of talents coming into college. He tore his ACL back in 2020. And normally it does, it's year two that we do see the ACO guys come back and end up being better. So, I mean, last year was already a tough situation. We talked about that before being four different quarterbacks starting for South Carolina. Hopefully, Spencer Rattler is secured there so they keep one consistent one this year. I mean, like I say, he might be that kind of guy you might want to buy a low on. If you believe in it, it's a good situation. You just got to play it by ear. And I know the last one I got right here, I think this one may hurt you a little bit personally. Uh, Kamar Wheaton has decided to enter the transfer portal. Final thoughts Hurst on my, that part?
1: Hurts my soul. Uh, I love Wheaton. <laughs> he was uh, he was one of my favorites coming. Well, you know, he was one of the best coming into this uh next mm-hmm. class. He was up there. He was, t- yeah, he was touted or touted, toted up there with uh, Trey Henderson and then Will Shipley. Didn't play at all uh, last year. So, you know, it hurts as a Bama fan, but since we got Jameer Gibbs, you know, it, it kind of alleviates some of that hurt. Uh, but I, I just hope he goes somewhere where he actually gets the opportunity. Like, I mean, most of these universities who he's going to pick between are probably going to recognize the talent that he had coming out of high school being, you know, top three recruit. Now he's entering the transfer portal. Don't really have to fight as hard as you once did against Alabama or those other top dogs, because now he's seen what it's like to go to a school that has a lot of talent in the backfield. So perhaps he chooses a school where there's not a lot of talent in the backfield, not a lot of um, competition so that way he goes there automatic starter or he's in a rotation where he's getting the playing time where he can kind of like Trey Henderson did where he was in a rotation and then he eventually just completely takes over and blows up.
0: Oh, yeah. Well, so it'll be definitely a good one to watch. Uh, I think part of the reason, too, was because since he did lose this season to injury, which was a meniscus injury, you had Emmanuel Henderson plus another freshman incoming This season, I think it just made sense. He didn't want to spend an extra year trying to take over a backfield. So we're hoping the best for him. We'll see how it works out. Uh, That does do it for this current college news we got. I know there's a little other things out there, but these were, I felt like, for the big five topics for us. So we'll go ahead and swap over. First thing we got set up for today after that was our senior bowl. And just started today, we got some official numbers. And then, is it time to sell? Can you pick it already? I, I think I've been hearing that. Oh, God.
1: Yep. Uh, You know, hands are, for some reason, people like to freak out about not just hand sizes, but now that he's double jointed, or not now that he's double jointed, since he's always been double jointed, a lot of people are probably freaking out. Sam tweeted it best. You know, he, he loves that time of the year when people see hand sizes or something like that, and someone's hand is too small or something's wrong with it, and so they start panic selling. Oh, yeah. um, you know, I, th- I found quite a bit, you know, we talked about it before we actually started. I found a few things where in soccer, uh, you know, online it says footballers. And so I should have before, you know, getting like, oh, wow, I, I should have realized what they're talking about <laughs> soccer, you know, the universal football. Uh, people who are double jointed tend to have a greater risk of injury. But then the, you know, the complete opposite of that, uh, apparently, so I didn't know this until now. Um, When Patrick Mahomes dislocated his knee, and he only – I believe he only missed one game, correct? He he missed the Packers game? And then he – yeah, he he missed Packers game. I think it was one, maybe
0: two max. Yeah,
1: maybe two. Um, But he's double-jointed in his knee. So Ian Rappaport tweeted out, Mahomes is double-jointed, giving his knee built-in protection. That's why when the kneecap dislocated, it only compromised one ligament. So that's kind of, you know – the plus side of Kenny Pickett being double jointed and stunned, because hand injuries are a lot different for quarterbacks than any other position. You know, I mean, you, you see a broken finger, and a quarterback's going to miss a game or two uh,
0: sometimes. I or mean, heck, Jimmy... we had Russell Wilson this year. Yeah. Mess up his hand. And he was back what less than a month, and he has screws and a plate in it, I believe.
1: Yeah, and we, we saw Jimmy G play through a, a finger injury, and he looked worse mm-hmm. than he usually does um sorry 49ers fans just had a throw shot at jimmy g oof <laughs> too soon put some salt on the wounds already too soon uh, but yeah i'm not I, i'm th- that news means absolutely nothing to me about him being double quite honestly
0: same i mean if anybody should think about it like the dude played in pittsburgh it's already cold there i mean he did fine he didn't have a lot of issues with the weather i mean why are we n- worried about that at the next level so anybody freaking out about it, I think it's just funny. There's no reason to be freaking out about this. Now, one thing I would be freaking out about, though, is Hashan Haskins, uh, Michigan running back. If I've seen correctly, I've heard that he potentially might not be playing this week. And if that's the case, he was already down there, in one of those tiers where, like, he really needed a good week this week in front of scout, uh, scouts and coaches for NFL teams to really kind of push his stock up. Because he wasn't that three-headed monster back there with Blake Corum and Donovan Edwards in Michigan. So to see that he is out and getting replaced, uh, I'd be kind of worried if you were a big fan of his because I don't know what the reason might be. It might be injury, which is never a good thing either in the draft pre-draft process. It might just be another reason he decided it wasn't worth it. I think ultimately it might end up biting him.
1: Yeah, you know, I've seen a good amount of people high on Haskins. Um, But he hasn't done anything in his college career to prove that he's really ready for the next level. And so when you sit out of the senior bowl and you don't get those reps in front of actual scouts and coaches, you know, it's going to hurt your draft stock. Um, And so for whatever reason that he's not rostered on the or not listed on the roster, uh, it's just not good news for him. Um, Who knows? It could be a great potential buy low situation. You know, come rookie drafts, you can get him with that late fourth round dart throw because most rookie drafts go four rounds and those fourth round guys are typically the ones that you just kind of you know you just yeah you know you see a name you, you know about him a little bit you liked him a little bit and you just go you know what it ends up being something costs if he doesn't end up being something it costs you absolutely nothing to grab him so that's the one upside of this but other than that for him himself it's not a good look it's not going to be good for his draft stock or anything like that
0: Yeah, and, I mean, he is a senior this year. Now, he did get 1,300 yards rushing, 20 touchdowns, which I believe was second behind Brees Hall this season. So, I mean, he did have some production on the field, but, like, this was it. This was the only season he had a chance to produce. And when it comes to running backs, we like to see multiple seasons in a row that they're relevant or at least take it to that next level and be able to show it as much as possible in the pre-draft process in front of our scouts out there. So, I hate it for him. I hope he is good. I hope nothing's wrong. And I hope he's ready to come in on the combine because he's going to have to make up some ground because there's a couple of these running backs I think have a good chance of continuing to raise their draft stock this week. Yeah. So kind of swapping over another one. I saw uh, Jahan Dotson also wasn't even listed on the roster, which was confusing because then I looked and I saw him actually listed on a different one. So, if he's playing this week, that's great. I think he's easily going to be that Senior Bowl hype receiver that we see once a year. Always somebody getting hyped up. Last year it was Josh Palmer, I believe. A couple of years back, it was Terry McLaurin. We're like we've always seen the guy who gets hyped up at receiver for the Senior Bowl week he ends up getting pretty good day two draft capital at some point, even if he wasn't your three-year junior producer because you know seniors just got to be fourth year junior or a true senior or later producing if he's not playing i don't know if you've had a chance to look over these names are they any of these names you think of right now have that chance to take the receiver one position from him
1: um are are we talking sorry are we talking senior bowl
0: only just the senior bowl receivers
1: uh you know i really like dawson um I, I don't think anyone will really be able to break that kind of senior wide receiver one uh, from him. Um, I'm trying to think, you know, I'm, I'm I, I, no, you know, I really don't think so.
0: And that's understandable. I've to say, so when I was looking at the names, like the big three that I keep coming back around to, and it was the same names that pretty much got tweeted at me when I th- dropped out a, um, Top 10 rankings, pre-draft, pre-combine, all that, receivers position. I said, these are probably the 10 names you're going to see consistently showing up. Of course, Dotson was in that list, but the people that kept pushing down Mechie for Jalen Tolbert, him, I even had maybe a Christian Watson, which is an interesting case. We'll get back to him in a second. And a Bo Melton from Rutgers. Like those three names were consistently dropped in saying they should be in the top 10. And I found that very interesting. So yeah,
1: yeah, I've seen a lot of hype for Tolbert. Um, I like Tolbert myself. Uh, yeah, if, if he, you know, if I had to, if I was forced to say, you know, which one of these that are participating in the senior bowl could get that hype over Dodson as a senior, it would be either Tolbert or I, I really like Braylon Sanders from Ole Miss as well. You know, I think he's somebody who really uh, kind of like a Josh Palmer type situation.
0: Yeah, definitely get that. I'll say, I know Tolbert. His big knock was always the level of competition he played at over at South Alabama, and the fact that he was a fifth-year uh, college guy. But I mean, he's got the size. He's put up some pretty good numbers throughout college. I know he actually um, was one of the big three guys on Matt's receiver model. So that's also an encouraging sign because it put him up there in some nice, interesting competition early on. Christian Watson, though. I say I was not a name I was really familiar with until somebody dropped him on Twitter. So I went over and started looking at this dude. He is 6'5", also a redshirt senior though, 6'5", 208 pounds over at North Dakota State. And the dude highlights are nothing but him just burning people. And at his size, being able to burn people like that, I get it. He did go to North Dakota State, but if he steps up this week, I think he might end up being the guy who has that big draft stock boost going into the combine and moving forward.
1: Yeah, you know, I uh, kind of similar situation. I wasn't too familiar with Christian Watson, but with his size, you know, he's not as bulky as you see a lot of these, you know, 6'5", 6'6", wide receivers. Mm -hmm. Um, But, yeah, I mean, he's explosive. He he beats people off the line. He, He does a good job of just getting open um like you said, you don't typically see that for those taller wide receivers. Those, those are more of your jump ball type of wide receivers, um, the guys who will moss somebody just because of their size alone. Um, yeah, I, I like Christian Watson. Uh, but yeah, North Dakota State, you know, I mean, they're good when they play in college, but I, I can't really think of anybody who came from North Dakota State or one of those really, you know, smaller. Uh, Schools that they're division one now, aren't they? And this is it sounds like I don't know what I'm talking about. I'm pretty sure they moved up to D1 or the uh FCS.
0: I think they're FCS, yeah. would have to FCS. double check that. It's just not a school I'm super familiar with,
1: yeah. Same, um, but yeah, I just you know, he, he's somebody that could he, he he's good, he's good, but he just doesn't have the another Josh Palmer, like you said. I think Josh Palmer is really like the perfect type of uh, prototype for what we see from senior bowls. You know, you see somebody who doesn't produce a whole lot in college, uh, they might be good, but they just don't produce a whole lot. So, mm-hmm. you know, a lot of us overlook them, but then senior bowl happens and then you have a team like the chargers who what we, like I said, last week, or, you know, our last episode that just re- that everyone thinks they reached on. Uh, but obviously scouts that are actual NFL scouts uh, most times, more often than not know more than any of us.
0: Oh yeah, for sure. I'm about to say, and I mean, that kind of carries over. The two teams that are coaching this week are the Jets and the Lions. Both teams that we could say probably need a lot of receiver help, if not depth, at least added on to it. These are the type of guys you can see them reaching for at the end of day two. So, it'll be interesting. I think my big thing with Watsons, I want to see him do more than just burn people. Mm -hmm. I want to see how good of a route runner he actually is. Uh, I know the other one I mentioned was Bo Melton, Rutgers. He – popped pretty good compared to where he was playing for and how much they actually threw the ball ball around. So I'm interested in seeing what he can do. Uh, He did start his college again back in 2017. So these are all older prospects, guys, that, like you said, you take that fourth-round dart on see where it lands. But I don't know. It'll be interesting to see right there. Uh, Anything else you can think of when it comes to that senior ball?
1: No. I think we – you know, like I said, I – Tried to look at some more news last night, but couldn't really find anything that you had on, that we didn't already have on the uh, sheet.
0: Yeah, I feel like we're going to figure out a lot more once they actually start practice tomorrow moving forward.
1: Yeah, we'll, we'll definitely hear a lot more. Um, yeah, I'm just going through the roster again real quick, seeing if there's any name that really pops out to me for any of these skill positions, but I'm not really seeing
0: anything. I mean, the only one I got right now is Malik Willis is on the Lions roster. So we'll find out exactly what they think of him.
1: Uh, you know what? Malik Willis thrown to the sun, God? I like the sound of that.
0: <laughs> uh, I don't know. i have to think about that one. But for now, while I'm thinking on that, man, let's let's do some more fun talk. Let's really jump into this Debbie aspect. Starting off, I say we're going to jump back into our ranks. Uh, before we start jumping over to the receivers and the tight ends, I think we need to start with one little small thing first. and I say small on purpose, Deuce Vaughn. Uh, I know me and you've kind of got him ranked a little differently, so I want to hear it from you. I know you've done a lot of great research, talked about him before we even started recording. Where are you at with Deuce Vaughn going forward?
1: I really like him and his play style. I, I like who he is as a athlete. Um, Obviously, I don't know him personally, so that's why I said as an athlete, just so nobody thinks that I think I know him or anything like that. Um, but yeah, I mean, the, the only knock he has on him is his size. You know, he comes in at 5'6", 172 pounds right now. Um, but that that comps, that size comps perfectly to Tariq Cohen, um, which is, you know, I, I've seen a lot of comps of um, Vaughn to uh, Darren Sprouls, which is also another good comp. But if I had to pick one based off of size and then receiving capabilities, it would be Tariq Cohen. So, for instance, um, last year, his receptions, he had 49 receptions in 2021. Only had 25 in 2020, so we're seeing him get more involved in the pass game. He had over 400 yards receiving in both years. Uh, average, so he had 434 uh, as a freshman, which averaged 17.4 yards of reception, which is insane for a running back to have. You, you don't see running backs have that type of averages typically. You know, that's kind of mm-hmm. like a once in the blue moon type thing. Last year, he only had 468 yards off of 49 receptions, so just shy of 10 yards of reception, which is still really good. Got more volume, but was less productive with the volume. He also got 100 more carries. His average uh, per rush attempt went up from 5.2 to 6. He had 1,400 yards on the ground, so you know he had almost 2,000 yards total. 18 touchdowns on the ground. So those are just the stats that, you know, he can produce when, when the ball's in his hands, he will produce. He'll get in the end zone. He'll get you the first down. He'll get you even more. He had a long of 80 on the ground. The dude is just explosive. He's not the fastest for, you know, when you you think of a smaller player, oftentimes you think of somebody who is just the fastest guy you'll see on the football field. Uh, Now, compared to the defense and, you know, the other skill positions around Kansas State, he is the fastest guy on the field. But and then you have, you know, I know what we really have is Deuce Vaughn versus Devin uh,
0: mm-hmm.
1: Um And so, you know, comparing him to A. Cheney is faster is where I'm getting at with that. But <laughs> I, I see Vaughn. So what I did over the last few days and not last night, but a few days before is did some dual screen action going, you know, that. High-tech, two-monitor stuff. Got to love technology nowadays. Um, oh, yeah. But I watched both films side by side. I watched what I, you know, and I saw a lot of things. What I saw, and this is my, from my eyes, my perspective, you know, some people might have it different, is that Vaughn is quicker. He's not faster, but he's quicker. He's more agile. What I mean by that is that his cuts seem to be made faster, and we talked about this prior to actually starting the uh, podcast but he hits moves at a quicker pace. It's almost as if a lot of these running backs kind of have a mechanical movement, like a, uh, you know, like a manual thought process to hitting moves such as like a spin move or a juke or something like that. Not a juke. A juke's kind of automatic, but you know, those more, uh, i trying to think of the term that I want to use for this. Those moves that kind of take, they, they take more, you know, out of you than just a traditional juke. Um, say a hurdle or a spin move, but Vaughn, it's it's automatic. I mean, there were multiple occasions where it, it, he would plant his foot and his spin move was as fast as almost everyone else's juice. It was just automatic. It, it was like he didn't even have to think about what he was doing. He just did it, uh, which I really like. Whenever you find a hole, you know, same thing, plant that foot, hit the cut real fast, find the hole, burst, hit that 80-yard run, 70-yard run, stuff like that, find the end zone. Uh, but it, what stood out to me the most was how much uh, he got involved as a receiver in year two. That jump, you know, he had a 50% or actually, sorry, I'm bad with my percentages. A 200% and in, 100% increase. 200. I'm bad with percentages. He went from twenty-five <laughs> to forty-nine. I can't. Yeah, almost one hundred percent increase. One hundred percent. Okay. I'm teaching percentages to
0: my kids right now.
1: <laughs> I'm one of your kids now. So there we go. One hundred percent increase in the passing game just on volume alone. He didn't have that. He didn't replicate that same hundred percent increase on you know in yardage, but he had it in reception. So he's getting more and more involved, and that's why I like the Tariq Cohen aspect of his pro comp because it gives me hope for a higher ceiling than Darren Sproles when it comes to fantasy. Um, So for instance, in 2018, Cohen finished as the RB11 in full PPR. So he was an RB1 overall and points per game, he was the RB14. So he was right there on the cusp of being an RB1, just total in general for full PPR. 2019, we started to see a lot more David Montgomery. Um, so the RB2 range, um, he was RB27 uh, total and then RB36 in points per game. But it kind of gives that – the way I see Vaughn at the next level is if – it all comes down to situation and draft capital. You know, If he gets mm-hmm. drafted to a team that's actually RB-needed, they might have a good running back already on the team but they, they want a complimentary back who can really do everything. And I'm not just talking about a third down back who's only going to catch passes. And if that's the case, and, you know, obviously I'm not going to be super high on Vaughn going into the rookie drafts. But if he, if he gets into a situation where he can see, you know, 100 plus carries, no, maybe, maybe 100 carries, um, and then an additional, you know, 75 plus targets, however many receptions will come along with that, you know, 50, 60. He's somebody that I can see having a kind of a mid to lower RB2 type of ceiling or floor more so, because, you know, Tariq Cohen's ceiling, he showed that his ceiling could be an RB1, really. Um, I'm not saying Vaughn will be an RB1 at the next level, but he's somebody that if somebody wants to take the gamble on his size, um, he's somebody that I can see really doing well at the next level. And so – it, it comes down to that with the Chaney as well for me. Uh, I have them, you know, back-to-back at Vaughn at 24, uh, a Chaney at 26. So they're, they're very close, and that's overall rankings. Or maybe that was my running back rankings, actually. Um, that was
0: your running back rankings. Running back
1: rankings. I was going to say, I was like, that eh, seems a little high for my overall rankings. Just a little bit. Um, yeah, so that, those are my RB rankings. Um, I have them a tier apart. I have uh, Vaughn in tier four, a Chaney in tier five not much separates them because Vaughn is at the very end of tier four and a Cheney is under Emmanuel Henderson down in Alabama at the beginning of tier five. So there's not a whole lot of differential there, but I just think Vaughn has a lot more going for him than a Cheney does. A. Cheney has speed. And quite honestly, if you were to compare the two, in my opinion, Vaughn takes the cake in every other category. Uh, maybe actually, maybe not contact balance in those more in depth type of, uh, qualities that are that are very valuable Mm -hmm. but kind of more just to the eye test you know like with these guys that are these size, you know you you don't expect unless they're going to be 210 pounds they're not going to be power backs they're going to be they're not going to rely on their strength or their size to you know get through a tackle or push for the first down they're going to rely on their quickness explosiveness and speed to get big games big games they're a big game type of player so with those qualities in mind you know Vaughn I hold higher than a chain.
0: Yeah, and that's fair. Now, real quick, at the start of that segment, I I've got to go back and fix this. You said he only had four hundred sixty-eight yards. If you don't know this, Jameer Gibbs was the leading running back this year in receiving yardage. He had four seventy. So I mean, Deuce Vaughn was super amazing. I mean, dude would have led Wisconsin in receiving. And I already badmouthed them a little bit earlier at the start of the episode about how they weren't really getting anybody yardage. So I mean. Yeah, the dude's fantastic. He's a great weapon. if we're talking about Vaughn himself, uh, I think you hit it perfectly. Like the dude grew a lot just from year one and year two. For me, I do have dudes Vaughn down in tier six. So one below where I've got a Cheney, And it really does come down to like it's very rare that we find somebody like him that's able to go on to the next level. And consistently be part of it. Now, while you're sitting there saying it really depends on situation, it got me thinking. Josh McDaniels just went to the Raiders. We keep hearing they always want to get this back that can kind of complement Josh Jacobs and what he does, since they just never want to throw him the ball. I mean, Vaughn, maybe that might make sense. to Kind of be a James White type guy. You can get those carries. You can trust him to get the ball in those situations, but. He looks like a great receiver outside the backfield. You can line him up outside. Again, my big concerns is when it comes to Debbie picks, I'm definitely not throwing anything early at this kid because 5'6", 172, it's just it's not the profile you build around a lot. You wait and see what that draft capital ends up being, which is what you said. It's the same thing for Devin Acheney. He's still not the type of guy, like I say, he's in Tier 5. He did split with Isaiah Spiller, and honestly, it did kind of look – Like at times, like he was out producing Spiller, it felt like. So that's why I've got him a little bit ahead because like I hold Spiller in such high regards. So it's interesting to see. But if I go back and compare, uh, this is the second season as well for Chaney. He had 24 receptions for 261 receiving yards. if you want to compare that category. So, I mean, he got above 10 yards. Last season, he only caught five catches, but had a 19.4 average. So – there's flashes there. It'll be very interesting to see how Texas a and uses them this year. What's going for Vaughn, I will say, is he has an extra year of production for sure, no matter what. I just i, I kind of think if I got to bet on one, I'd rather bet on the 5'9", 185 guy that I know is super fast and that always at least gets draft capital. Kind of like Minnesota's guy they got in third round this year. I'm not even going to try and pronounce that name. Uh, so good luck with that, people. You can look him up. Uh, 2021 third round draft pick for Minnesota Vikings but I think a Chaney, if you don't like him and you take that late, late, and I mean like eight, nine rounds, steady, deep, if you want to take that shot on him, you can always probably flip him at least and get your stuff back. Vaughn, I mean, he might be in a situation where you may have to wait an extra year until 2024, just because he may get that report next year. And they say, look, you got some talent, but you're probably not going to get drafted high enough. And so it's just one of those. That's why I've got them down there at tier six. And again, some of the guys I've got them around. If we start looking over at that, I mean, I've got him with Jarquez Hunter over from Auburn, Keaton Mitchell from East Carolina, Travion Cooley from Louisville, like Jalen Berger over now at Michigan State. Like all of these guys that, like, if the situation breaks right, they can jump massive. But there's a lot of question marks there of whether or not they can take it to that next level. So. Nothing against the kid. I do wish him the best, but if I'm going Debbie, I have to be more cautious. So how I'm going to use my picks on people?
1: Yeah, so. that's respectful. Uh, and just to clear up, I didn't mean only 468 yards on, on the sole purpose <laughs> of it not being a lot, because uh, okay. I was aware that it was second most in uh, in you know the country. I was more so referring to the fact that he went from 434 yards on only 25 receptions to 468 on 49 receptions. So his uh, Efficiency in the passing game while his, while the amount of receptions and you know the amount of work he's getting in the receiving game went up drastically, his efficiency went down by a substantial margin.
0: Oh, yeah. And I get that. I just, we got to throw some respect at the name as well. <laughs> I want to make sure that you and our listeners were also aware of just how impressive he actually has been. All right. So, kind of jumping over the next little bit, like let's jump into these receiver rankings. I noticed when I was sitting there going through mine, so outside of our top two, I think we both agreed Jackson Smith and Jake Buzz still going to be our one. Kayshaun Boutte is going to be our two. But, yeah. again, we're not going to argue if somebody flips them. Like They're still our top tier. Outside of that, I noticed in your tier two, you have Marvin Harrison Jr., who was fantastic. We saw him at the end of the year. Xavier Worthy. Jordan Addison, of course, was just given the best receiver award back in college this year. Tell the, tell the people why you got another guy in that tier. I'm interested because he is not that high for me.
1: Are we talking about Zay Flowers?
0: Oh, yeah. Yeah, I, I figured we were
1: talking about Flowers. I was high on Flowers going into last year. I really like the talent that he has, You know, especially especially coming from Boston College where you know they're not really... I mean, the quarterback play hasn't been the greatest, so he mm-hmm. hasn't really gotten the... What's the word I'm looking for? Oh, God, I'm drawing a blank. Fumbling the bag here. <laughs> Anyways, I'm just going to move on. <laughs> um, when he has gotten the opportunity. There we go. That was an easy word for me to think of. When he's gotten the opportunity, he has produced. You know, I, I don't know what type of baselines you look at for yards per reception. But with this last year having 17 yards uh, per reception, he, he's a big play kind of guy. He has amazing hands. His ball-tracking skills are phenomenal. I mean, the dude just – I really like who he is as a player and how he plays ball. And I think that he's going to be valued at the next level as such.
0: Yeah, I got no complaints with that one. My big thing with him, sorry, was the fact that we did see him regress this year. Now, of course, like you said, the quarterback situation was pretty bad. Uh, Phil Jerkovic, after he got hurt, I mean, it just – there wasn't another quarterback to step up. But we did see that regression this year. Now, you did say his average, it did increase, but it seemed like everything else kind of took a drop.
1: Yeah. No, yeah, it was – I mean, just looking at his game log, you know, week one against Colag, which is – oh, Colgate, my bad. Colag, Colgate, you know, (laughs) toothpaste in college. He had seven receptions for 135 yards and a touchdown. Then there is that, you know, he had two receptions for 68 yards against Massachusetts. And then against Temple, he had one reception for 10 yards. Then he got another eight receptions, only 62 yards. We got another touchdown. It was just inconsistent throughout the year. But when he got the looks, you know, he, he produced. And when he had the quarterback play, to, that was, you know, kind of more elevated than what it typically was throughout the year, he produced. Um, so I'm kind of – I guess having him this high, I'm banking on the fact that – his talent is going to overcome this in upcoming year. And he's going to do what I thought he would do this past year and just blow up.
0: Yeah, that's understandable. Now, again, uh, for our listeners, my rankings were just a little bit different from my tier one. So I agreed with Marvin Harrison, Jr., Xavier, Worthy, and Jordan Addison. Uh, my next two guys that I also kept in the second tier I mean, the dude put the team on his back, literally. Quentin Johnson, TCU receiver, huge, huge guy over there. So he is 6'4", 193, uh, hoping he can kind of get close to that 200-pound range. He only played in eight games again, but last year with COVID, I mean, he only had 22 catches, 487 yards, two touchdowns this year. Again, TCU, it's not like they have a great quarterback system, but he was able to get 33 receptions, jumped all the way to 612 yards. So he still had a super high – Uh, Yards per catch rate for six touchdowns. So, I mean, we're seeing the dude slowly grow. Um, We're really hoping that this year is like his year three breakout. I'm hoping he can get close to a 1,000 yards. It's just the fact that, like, he brings so much of that team to just relevance. It's just – it's insane what we see. So, for example, this last year, like, the big one I can think of that probably impressed most people was Oklahoma. He had seven catches for 185 yards and three touchdowns outside of that. I mean, again, we see a little inconsistent. He only did play the eight games. So like there was some time that he wasn't on the field, but we see four different games where he had at least 90 plus yards. And I mean, it was against California, Oklahoma, West Virginia and Baylor. So, I mean, it's against quality competition. Now, I have to double-check what happened to Oklahoma State. He had negative yardage there on two catches. So, I don't know if the team just got shut down, if the defense swarmed him, or if I have to double-check and make sure he didn't have an injury. But he is going to stay up and marry my Tier 1. And, of course, we just talked about it earlier, Jermaine Burton. I love the situation, love the talent. He's now jumped in that second tier as well.
1: Yeah, I, I have not, I have not uh, adjusted Jermaine Burton as I needed to. Uh, there's just there's a lot of talent at the wide receiver's position, so it's it's honestly a lot harder for me to rank than running back and quarterback. I, I like the talent that Jermaine Burton has, but, you know, I, I really like, you know, I have Quentin Johnson above mm-hmm. him. Um, I have a Ebuka, Emeka yep. Ebuka. God, i butchering it. I'm sorry. Ohio um, State
0: receiver. That's all yeah, people Ohio State that.
1: Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Ohio State, there you go. Just <laughs> throw in any name right there and you have a tier two or two to three guy. Um Hakeem Jarrett I really like out of Maryland. Um Marvin Mims I really like out of Oklahoma. So I Burton will probably inch closer to that top of tier three, possibly even extend tier two to him. Uh keep flowers where he's at, maybe throw Jermaine Burton up there as well. So that way, you know, we have some agreements there. Um but Quentin Johnston, so ESPN has him listed at two hundred and one pounds already. All right. Uh, which is great. Uh, but he has the will not play is undisclosed reasons. So they didn't disclose whether it was an injury or not, which concerns me a little bit because typically when you see those undisclosed types of situations where people aren't playing, undisclosed is typically a, you know, it could be an academic thing. It could be a, you know, behavioral thing.
0: Yeah. I mean, there's definitely some concern there. I mean, we saw the same thing with Zach Evans as well. Uh, what was going on with that situation? I don't know exactly, but again, we don't get big receivers like that very often. So I'm just I'm betting on that alpha size and that potential that I see in that right there. So that's why he's staying up there in my tier two. Uh, so you already hit like Buka is over there. He's in my tier three. I've got I am still trying to stay a fan of this dude, Raheem Jarrett over there at Maryland. I mean, I just – I like the situation. I'm really hoping the dude continues to impress people. He's not going to get – he's not ever going to get the attention I think he deserves. Mm -hmm. And, of course, he decided not to transfer out. So, I mean, he's staying true to who he is. He's staying true to the school. I'm wishing him the best. He was out there producing pretty closely to uh, Deontay Yep. who also was a guy I was kind of – Excited about, but has fallen down a lot since he's been hurt. Uh, yeah, he's all the way down here at 29 right now for me. So, another guy, I think the size potential is right there. We may have to see this dude just come out and light it up after he ends up ending his career at Maryland. And then a name that I'm not sure if you're aware of a ton Jaden Reed. I really thought he was going to go out in this 2022 draft. And Matt was raving about him yesterday on the receiver model, like his numbers when it comes to target share, market share, all this stuff. Phenomenal. The only issue again was Michigan state. The only guy most people would think of last year was Kenneth Walker, the third. So I'm interested in what he can do. I'm really hoping he continues to take that step this next year in that system. Uh, he was one that I just, I had to have in my top 12. Now, I may flip in with Mario Williams. I I didn't really think about that one a ton. Uh, Mario Williams over at UC, USC now with his still coach, Riley. It'll be an interesting dynamic, but just Jaden Reed, like I said, those bigger guys, Jaden Reed is definitely a dude that people need to start being aware of.
1: Yeah, I got I got Jaden Reed at eight. He's at the top of my tier three. Um, but, yeah, like you said, Kenneth Walker really stole the show from Michigan State. But the dude was an absolute – I mean – Reed is an absolute monster. Six foot, or yeah, six foot. Only 185 pounds, so I'm hoping he can, you know. And I say only because I, I like a little bit more. Um, I'm hoping he can get closer to that, you know, 190, 195 when he uh, actually declares. But last season he had 59 receptions for just over a thousand yards, 10 touchdowns. He had a long of 85. I mean, he he does it all. He has great ball tracking skills, good jump ball good route runner I mean there's nothing that this guy really that I've seen where I'm just kind of like yeah
0: yeah and I mean that's that's why right now I've got him over Marvin Mims and say flowers great guys themselves like you said this receiver group is really difficult to rank because it is so different and there's so many different talents and ways you can be successful at the next level but a little bit of exercise I kind of went for that if I was unsure one way or the other uh I feel like we've been wrapping up on receivers a good bit. Give me one name outside of your top 13 that you feel like people need to start keeping their eyes on that maybe they're not super familiar with.
1: Okay, let's see. Outside my top 13. Um,
0: yeah, so that would be outside your top three tiers for anybody that can't see yeah, what we're seeing no, right now. True. Let's see.
1: God, there's a lot of names right here. Um, one that I actually don't have on there that I should have on there is Jaden Hagelwood. Okay. So he was, he was committed to Oklahoma, was with mm-hmm. Oklahoma, entered the transfer portal and is now with Arkansas. He is somebody who he was a five-star recruit coming out of high school. Didn't really see a whole lot out of Oklahoma. Um, actually, I don't even, yeah, we didn't really see a whole, yeah, we didn't see anything really. I mean, he had 399 yards last year. Uh, he will be a senior this year, I believe. I don't think he redshirted any of his years. Um, so he will be a senior. So it, it's kind of one of those, you know, where you're hoping for a late breakout and where he doesn't go without having a breakout season. But we just saw what Traylon Bur- what, yeah, what Burks did at Arkansas. We just saw, you know, his draft capital becoming the wide receiver one. Um, so I'm kind of hoping that we can see Hazelwood step into that. Obviously, he's no Traylon Burks. He's, he's not going to be Burks or anything like that. But we're kind of hoping that he redeems himself because he was the number one receiver in the 2019 class and he was number 20, 19 overall. So I'm kind of hoping we see him take over that Burks um, role, is what I'm trying to get at and, instead of just dragging it out. Uh, so that way we see, you know, a much more production. We see that, you know, he earned the number one receiver in the 2019 class for a reason. And I'm hoping that we actually get to see that reason.
0: Yeah. I like that. That's a great bounce back kind of guy right there. Feel good story. 2020, he did have that freak knee injury. Mm-hmm. You're right. So that's why a lot of his stats in 2020 are so low is because he missed so many games because of that. I mean, that's a great option right there. So I sit down I knew I was going to sit there and have to do this myself, debating a couple of different names. I feel like people need to start being aware of. I think I'm going to go ahead and jump into the 2025 class. Uh, The guy that I've got rated the highest, which I'm sure most people are kind of aware of, I've actually got him overall at 18. I can make the case all the way up to possibly sitting there, fighting for that 15 spot with Ronnie Bell. Uh, C.J. Williams is the guy I want people to start paying attention to. He committed to USC. Of course, we know he's going to Coach Riley's system. Uh, USC is known for the receivers as well over so many years. He is, I believe, 6'3", if I look correctly, 6'2", 6'3". I've seen a couple different things. He's already 193 pounds is what I'm finding. So, I mean, he's already got that size we like. Uh, But he absolutely tore it up all week at the All-American Bowl for high school seniors. He was just dominating the top competition. I believe he had three catches, like 100 yards the day of the game. Like, this dude is somebody you need to go ahead and start paying attention to. He has a chance to come in this first year at USC and just immediately start taking over. I mean, we saw it last year with Mario Williams taking over in Oklahoma, even though Marvin Mims was supposed to be the dude. Well, Mario Williams is now transferred to USC, so I feel like it's going to be him and C.J. Williams really fighting it out for that one-two spot. And so this will be a fun one to watch. I think he's got all the talent in the world. He's super fluid. So, I'm excited to see what he can do. People, just make sure you're aware of that. Third-round heavy pick for somebody of this caliber. If nothing else, you can still sell the hype next year if you're not convinced. But overall, four-star guy. Uh, he, I think he's going to be my guy outside of our top, 13, our top three tiers I want people to start paying attention to. So,
1: Yeah, I mean, yeah. yeah, C.J. Williams is an absolute stud. Already creeping up on that 200-pound mark, and he hasn't even taken a snap yet. Uh, he had offers from just about, I mean, I'm looking at his offer list right now. He, any school you can think of, he pretty much had an offer from
0: yeah, um, 49 L- offers,
1: LSU, Alabama, you know, Notre Dame, Stanford, you know, just about every PAC 12 team, um, Ohio state offered him as well. I mean, er- everyone wanted this kid. And there's a reason it's because he's damn good.
0: Oh yeah. So i say I think that wraps up our receivers real quick. Let's, Jump over to the guys who don't get a lot of love, especially when it comes to Debbie. I know I, I'm having a little trouble loving some of these names myself, but yeah. our tight ends, I think we both agree our top two guys, one one or the other, is going to be Michael Meyer and Brock Bowers, Notre Dame yeah. and Georgia tight ends. Outside of them, let's just let's give our listeners what are five names you feel like people just need to look at for deep devy purposes if we got a tight end premium.
1: Uh, you know, I'm I'm gonna do the old fashioned what I tell everyone not to do and judge someone by their school. But Sam Laporta.
0: I don't blame you there. I Iowa, would do the same but, thing. He's
1: he's he's good. I, I'm not saying he's not good, and that I'm only putting, saying him because he plays for Iowa, and Iowa is tight end university. Um, but Sam Laporta is one of them. Um, you know, the Homer in me wants to say Cameron Latu. You know, he he. Outproduced Billingsley, and obviously we talked about Billingsley last week on having those behavioral issues and stuff, which mm-hmm. is a major reason why. But whenever Latu's number was called, he produced. He performed. He, he made things happen. I, I really like him as well. Um, I think Billingsley is another name we should throw out there, honestly. You know, I mean, the guy is a freak athlete. If he can, if he gets himself in check, then he's going to be an absolute menace to society and menace to defense because he is a freak athlete, And, you know, a lot of people – his name should be a name that's already, you know, known for Debbie players. But, you know, a lot of Debbie players probably took him off the radar after he essentially lost a job at Alabama. Mm-hmm. But now that he's going to Texas, he's going to be playing with Quinn Ewers. You know, he's, he's going to be alongside um, – god dang it, I'm drawing up blanks of names. Outside of uh, – <laughs> oh, my God. Xavier why, like, Worthy. Know, there we go. yeah, Xavier yeah. Worthy. God, I'm so bad with names. But, you know, alongside, he's probably going to be the number two option in a, what's going to – I'm hoping to be a high-powered offensive scheme. So he's another name that you should definitely look out for. Uh, we've talked about, you know, Michael Trigg a bit. I think he's another one going to Old Miss. He's going with uh, Jackson Dart. Not a whole lot of competition there, so he's going to be a big target for Dart. Then if I had to pick a fifth one – God, this is hard. I'm not loving any other names on my list, honestly.
0: Oh, don't take um, my name. Don't take it.
1: I'm taking the other uh, – I want to say Eric Gilbert, but he okay, has been a very weird – because is he? Because I know he was going to switch over to wide receiver.
0: Yeah, that's kind of been wishy-washy. and I mean, he didn't even play last year. Yeah. So, I don't know. I think I've heard some stuff – from a guy who's really connected over at Georgia about maybe he's back with the team. He was at some meetings when they came back. So we'll see. He actually wasn't the guy I was going to talk about, but you're not wrong. If you're betting on uh, tight ends, do as an athletic freak. I think he tested as the highest tight end ever. in I think 24 seven sports ranking system. So yeah, I definitely don't blame you there as your fifth guy. So the guy I was worried about, so I'll start with this guy. I was really hoping you wouldn't call him out. Benjamin uh, Eurosec, or I believe is how you say his last name, Stanford mm-hmm. tight end. Uh, he is 6'5", 232. He just played in his second season. Last year, he literally was a dud. He has nothing. This season, 42 receptions, 653 yards, which is great for a sophomore tight end, along with three touchdowns. That's really impressive. We don't see that a lot from tight end. So for the fact that he did this in his second season after like doing nothing, which I have to double check. I don't see where he redshirted any. That's a name that you really need to watch super deep. I and mean, again, this is like deep, deep picks for tight end premiums. Uh, I agree. I was going to say Sam Laporta, uh, Cameron Latu, right? Yeah, Latu. Okay. For Alabama, it was going to be another one. So that was three right there. Gavin Bartholomew, I know I've mentioned him before over at Pittsburgh. He's going to be a 2024 guy, but, I mean, he flashed last year. And, I mean, he was doing this with Jordan Addison in a good situation. So, it's interesting. Can Slovis bring it back? We mentioned that before. So, I mean, that gives me my four right there. The last one, I I was going to go Billingsley as well. Again, betting that freak talent. So, that's kind of where I was at with these guys. Now, I know we've got a couple other names you might want to know of. Theo Johnson. Stogner over at South Carolina. Uh, we just said Trigg at Ole Miss. And, of course, maybe Will Mallory, if you believe in the Tyler Van Dyke hype I'm that's sure. going around. So maybe that, that Miami tight end university, you know, is a thing for some people as well. Uh, not a lot. Again, tight ends aren't very deep, guys. These aren't a position we recommend just throwing every single draft pick at. Let's wait and see how the rookie drafts play out. Normally to go grab them once you see draft capital random.
1: You know so- – Before we move on, you mentioned, you know, Miami. The tight end I would actually put focus on would be Elijah Arroyo. Mm -hmm. Uh, Freshman last year, didn't really, I mean, he didn't play a whole lot. But when he did play, you know, only five receptions, 86 yards and a touchdown. I mean, the the dude is athletic. And that's really what you're going to see. It seems like the new norm is that these tight ends, you know, years and years ago, they're they're more so – Bigger dudes who are better for blocking, and then can occasionally go out and run routes and stuff like that. But as I, what I've noticed is that these trans is that these new were tight ends that are coming out of college are a lot more athletic. They're a lot quicker. They run routes better. You know, you don't see a whole lot of blocking tight ends that or tight ends that come out and are considered, you know, the next big thing. I mean, you look at Kyle Pitts. That dude's pretty much a receiver. Mm-hmm. Um But yeah, if I had to pick one Miami tight end to have on my radar for Debbie. It is Elijah Arroyo. Him and Van Dyke are going to connect. He's going to be one of he, he's going to be an absolute terrorist on uh, to defenses.
0: Yeah, I got no complaints about that. He did look pretty impressive this past year. Uh, the only thing I say about Mallory is the fact that if Van Dyke does so good this next year, him and Mallory can both go ahead and go to the NFL at the same time. So there could be that chance where they've already kind of been around each other for a little bit more. They've already developed that connection, so it'll be fun to see. It's a great thing to watch in the spring practice. Most people seem like they don't draft till May, so we'll know a lot more by the end of spring practices. All right, so I know we are a little over an hour in. We are still going to keep going with our Debbie Mock real quick. Chance, I feel like me and you know the first round pretty well, so let's fly through these picks. Now, again, for our listeners, just to break it down, uh, what we're doing is a Debbie Mock, so it's going to be a super flex. We're going to have four-point passing touchdowns. So, of course, if you do six-point pass touchdowns, adjust a little bit. PPR, and we'll throw a little .5 tight end premium in there. That's really probably only going to affect two people. So, we kind of did this before the draft. I know I won the coin toss. I get to pick first. I think we're going to go with everybody's 101. It's got to be B. John Robinson. I get it. I know it's tight. Well, super flex, but I just I can't pass up the running back value of what should be the RB1 next year. All right. So, Chance, go ahead drop it over, number two. Who you yeah. Got?
1: So, actually, number two is going to be a curveball for you. Um, it would have been Bryce Young, but before we started, after we, you know, I had said, oh, it's going to be different no matter who gets first. I, that's after that is when I noticed it was four point pass touchdowns,
0: mm-hmm.
1: which then bumps my RB1. Uh, oh here he goes uh it's trey henderson that that's that's what i'm taking number two overall
0: i'll say no complaints here Uh, again there is just so much risk last year's everybody was qb1 with spencer rattler i just i'm not going for that again that that one let me down so actually my pick three right here continuing on with the running back trend jameer gibbs alabama uh, running back he's the last guy on my tier one of running back so of course Chance, are you gonna are you gonna get him?
1: I am going Bryce Young here. I'm going Bryce oh, yeah. Young. You know, I, I don't think Rattler. This isn't going to be a Rattler situation. Bryce Young looks like he has a good head on his shoulders. Ever, everyone has raved about him as a teammate. The talent we've obviously seen it. You know, he was the first Heisman or yeah first Heisman quarterback in Alabama history, uh, which obviously Heisman's mean absolutely nothing at the next level. But what we saw from Bryce Young, Matt and I pounded on the table from day one that Bryce Young is a Russell Wilson line.
0: Oh yeah, and I got no issues with it. Superflex, he is the safe QB one. I mean, we, me, and you both have an in interior of our own, so no complaints there. One hundred and five. That leaves me with my top receiver option, Jackson Smith and Jigba, uh, over at Ohio State. I can't deny the talent. It's only going to get better, and I think he's in the best receiver situation, quarterback situation going in next year. Yeah, I'm,
1: I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go boot, boot booty, oh, I'm, that's, that's who I'm taking next. You know, I don't want to miss out on one of the big two wide receivers here. <laughs> um, I'm confident that I'll get my one of my running backs within my next pick, and then I've already got my quarterback situation – well, one of my quarterbacks
0: down. Yeah, I was about to say, no issues there. I feel like 105, 106 this is just going to be the two receivers flip-flopping back and forth. When I'm sitting here looking over at the 107, there's a couple different ways I want to take it. But I think I'm going to stick with my board right now. I think I'm just going to stick with Tank Bixby, uh, running back from Auburn. Again, I don't have him in my tier one because we did see Hunter show up a little bit and the situation's a little bit worse off than the big three. But no complaints from there. So now I'm curious, is this going to be your guy right here?
1: Oh, you know it's my guy. I'm taking Braylon Allen. There he is. I'm, I'm yeah. taking Braylon Allen. I'll take him. He's my, <laughs> he's my RB5. And so, you know, Tank Bigsby goes – Tank Vixie is my RB4. He's the end of my Tier 1. Braylon Allen starts off my Tier 2 rank list, so Mm -hmm. I'm I'm not missing out on him. I know you like Sean Tucker more, so I could have won an additional pick without it, uh, without taking him, but it's just something I'm comfortable taking him as RB5. I would have taken him as RB4 if I absolutely had to, honestly.
0: Oh Yeah, I understand completely. So, again, we're talking about Superflex, so I think I am going to end up going with – who I believe is probably going to be the number two, possibly even fighting for the number one quarterback spot in 2023, C.J. Stroud, pairing him up with Jackson Smith and Jigba over at 105. And, again, these are all different teams. It's not me and you just getting to draft our favorite players over and over and over. Yeah. <laughs> but top talents, I mean, you got to take the quarterback shot right there.
1: Yeah, that's a, that, that was going to be my next pick with C.J. Stroud. Um, since this is Stroud, get so interesting. Since Stroud is gone, honestly. I'm. This is this is yeah this is I'm gonna go, oh god, uh, yeah I'm I'm gonna go my wide I'm I'm gonna go both our wide receiver threes I I think he's your wide receiver three with Marvin Harrison, Jr. Mm. Um I like the talent there I that's just you know I'm secure my wide receiver two position there, uh if this was just my draft picks again you said like you said it's we're drafting for a different teams so that comment is just null and void actually forget I said it. <laughs>
0: Yeah, I don't blame you there at all. No, I I do like his size a little bit more than Worthy. Uh, I'm not going to take Worthy at 111. Again, it's Debbie, but I'm still going to take the best value, what I think is right there, and that's got to go with my guy, Tucker. I'm going to get Sean Tucker over there, who, again, in my article, I said has a chance to fight for the RB3 spot overall this next draft class. He's the same size, if not a little bit bigger than Tank Bixby. I think he's more talented, more athletic. So it'll be interesting to see what happens there. So rounding off the first, who you got, chance?
1: You know, I'm actually
0: I'm I'm gonna take a stab
1: and I'm gonna skip over QB mm-hmm. three, Caleb Williams, and take QB four, Quinn Ewers.
0: And see that's exactly those three was who I was debating right there at the end the first. I feel like that's what a lot of people are gonna be at. Along with one other guy who I won't mention because he might make it to me, my second pick from now, I want to take at the start of the second the other QB one or the other QB that we've got in our tier two, Caleb Williams. I don't care where he goes. I think the dude's going to be a stud. So two hundred one, Caleb Williams. Real quick, let me wrap it up. The first round, we had one hundred one, John Robinson, running back from Texas. Travion Henderson, one hundred two, from Ohio State, running back. Uh, Jameer Gibbs, the new Alabama running back at one hundred three. Now we got a first quarterback with Bryce Young. Jackson Smith and Jigba. Kayshawn Butte, back-to-back receivers. Tank Bixby, Braylon, uh, Braylon Allen, correction. Uh, both running backs. C.J. Stroud, quarterback. Marvin Harrison, receiver. Sean Tucker, maybe it was a little bit of a reach on my end. I've been seeing him go in a second, but I just I couldn't do it. And then Quinn Yersing was the end of it. So, again, 201, I took Caleb Williams. You got it 202.
1: You know – Tight end premium, so I'm going to say Michael Mayer.
0: I like it. I'll say nothing against that at all, especially knowing that he's coming out next year for sure. He's the easy tight end one. So no complaints there. Now, the guy I was talking about earlier, I was hoping maybe you, you wouldn't take him, was I fellow like he was the last guy kind of in my running back tier, Zach Evans. Now Ole Miss running back. I feel like you just you've got to take the running backs because we said receivers are deep, but there's a lot of question marks. Which way you go, running backs? I didn't have that issue.
1: Yeah, that's that, that's a good pick right there. That was going to be my next up. Um, I'll just keep you it within the other running one. backs. I'm, I'm grabbing Will Shipley.
0: Shipley, yep. So I mean, that leads me to a five again to a, through the top top part so far. This has been pretty simple. Again, we know it's tight end premium, so we're going to go with the other tight end one. Got to wait an extra year for him, but. He looks just as athletic, Brock Bowers, if not more.
1: So here I'm going to take I'm going take QB5. I'm taking my guy. I'm taking Tyler Van Dyke. Uh, that's a reach. That's, that's probably most definitely a reach. You know, you, you can argue a lot of different quarterbacks above him. But what I saw last year, and I, I explained it last time, um, I just – I'm high on him. You know, I, I think he's going to be an excellent quarterback at the next level. He's already an excellent quarterback now. If he has another phenomenal year, he is draft eligible in 2023. So we we can see him, you know, early declare, I, which honestly, early declares for quarterbacks don't really mean a whole lot to me, just because of the longevity of the position. Mm-hmm. So you you could be a senior like Mac Jones was, and come out and you can still be, you know, a, a late first, early second round draft pick in super flex leagues. So oh, yeah. I I guess you know coming out next year whether he does or he stays for his senior year doesn't really matter for quarterbacks.
0: Yeah, so 207, I think I'm just going to take the best value right here. Xavier Worthy, Texas receiver. If we believe in Quinn Ewers so much, we got to assume this guy's got to be the main weapon for him. So 207, you're going to get the t- what I assume is going to be Texas's number one receiver.
1: Yeah, um, this is where it honestly gets a little bit difficult for me.
0: <sighs> I have a few <laughs> in mind.
1: I think right here – is where I would take Zay Flowers. I think that's... Oh, no, 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 no. I didn't see... Sure? I No, I didn't see a certain name at the very, very top.
0: Go ahead, change it real quick. We got all right, time. All right,
1: all right, all I, right. I lied. I'm taking Jermaine Burton. <laughs>
0: there you go. I was saying, man, that's It, it, it goes that's against it interesting.
1: Yeah, it goes against my rankings of my tier, but we're drafting. So, you know, it's not like it really...
0: And, I mean, that's the thing. Like, just because you have your tiers set up that way, you've got to play the board how it is, guys. Like, sometimes you're going to have to reach on a guy if you really want him. For example, Sean Tucker, Tyler Van Dyke, and, and Jermaine Burton. I assume possibly you might have been looking at Jordan Addison, who I'll go ahead and take next at yeah. the nine. So, no complaints there either way. I see the argument for him. We just talked about the dude earlier. So, two and nine, Jordan Addison, again – Great Pittsburgh receiver. We saw him lead the entire nation in multiple categories. was clearly nominated and awarded the top receiver award, the uh, Blitkoff Award, I believe, right? Is that correct? Yes. Okay. So, yeah, no complaints. I think it's a smooth route runner. Be interested to see how high he can go next season. Who you got to 210?
1: Um, I'm going to take hmm. – I think I'm going to go – this one's a little bit of a reach. I'm going to go Donovan Edwards for Michigan.
0: Ooh. I like going for that 2024 running back right there.
1: I like the skill set. I, I like him. So, he's somebody I'm willing to reach on over a few other names.
0: Well, I say – so, I thought my dude was about to be a reach, but that doesn't make me feel bad at all right there. So, going back <laughs> to the running backs, uh, Branson Robinson. Guys, if you don't know this dude, he looks just as big as Saquon Barkley, and he's only a high school senior. He's actually at one of my local, town, or local schools that I, I live by. He is definitely a name you want to know. He is a running back, upcoming running back for the Georgia Bulldogs, which, of course, we know is one of the best running back places to go to, it feels like, to get that NFL draft capital. They don't get worn down normally. So I'm going to go ahead and grab that first 2025 guy that I'm interested in.
1: I'm going to go ahead. I'm going to take another quarterback here.
0: Jackson Dart. I'm going with
1: Jackson Dart. I, I like the talent. You know, I, I like it. I, yeah, I just I like the talent. I think he's better than every other quarterback left on the board, personally, um, or he will be if he's not already.
0: I understand that. Well, I know we're kind of running a little long, so I think that's where we'll leave it. So, guys, the second round, we had Caleb Williams go for, uh, 201, Michael Mayer go 202, Zachary Evans 203. Will Shipley, 204, Brock Bowers, 205, Tyler Van Dyke next up, 206, Xavier Worthy, Jermaine Burton, Jordan Addison, 207 through 209. Got that little receiver run right there. And 210, Donovan Edwards betting on that talent from Michigan. We'll see if Harbaugh decides to stick around, so that'll be different. Branson Robinson from Georgia, 211, and, of course, Jackson Dart, 212.
1: And then it, it looks like you just took doing point one. Whoa, I don't know. I think
0: my I'm not <laughs> touching that keyboard or anything. So I think we got some we got some witchcraft. We'll have to come back and check that out next week's uh, two weeks from now and see what's going on there. So guys, let me go ahead and wrap it up for you. I appreciate you all hopping on with us, just sticking around through all of it. So again, Chance, tell the people where they can find us real quick on Twitter.
1: Yeah, on Twitter, you can find me at ChanceFF. That is two N's in the name Chance. And then you can find Andrew at underscore Debbie Scout.
0: Oh, yeah. And, again, I know you've got two articles talking about some Debbie guys coming up this next month. I just released my first one. Oh, there's a couple more I'm going to get out there in this next month as well. So we've got a lot of good info in this one. For now, we're just going to leave you a check out, patreon.com backslash scouts. Again, our counterpart, the Fantasy Scouts podcast, also putting out great content. They do it weekly. Our website, ffballallday.com. Guys, you get our articles for Debbie players without signing up. Just got to go to the website, check it out. Of course, we've got a lot more out there on Patreon that we can offer you, including right now it's that NFL juicy news season going on. You want to get that latest rumors before anybody else, that's what we can offer. So next week we'll see – well, two weeks we'll see you back – with the Debbie talk podcast, where we'll continue probably breaking this down. I kind of had some fun with this and a couple more things. So for now guys, we appreciate you hopping on Debbie talk. We bring the action from the Debbie world to you.